Hey everybody, I'm Jen Garrett, and I've used my Move the Ball system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, this podcast is all about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. This episode is part of my special trainer series where I'm interviewing performance trainers who coach professional college athletes, get players ready with workouts in the off season and with combine specific training and who just help athletes to perform at a higher level. I wanted to incorporate this series into the show because whether you are a pro athlete or an all-star player in the game of life, we all need coaches and trainers to help us advance, to move the ball and to reach that next level, both on and off the field. So for today's episode, I've got one of the best defensive back trainers from the Dallas-Fort Worth area here inside the huddle with us today and ready to share his insights and his lessons is Christian White, aka Coach Flight, and we'll talk about how he got that name during the show. Christian is the owner of Flight Skills, which provides pre-draft training, NFL and college athlete training, as well as small group and youth training to provide and build a solid foundation for tomorrow's athletes. Christian played college football at Bacone College, and he has trained over 100 D1 college athletes and over 40 NFL players, and he is currently a member of the Under Armour All-America Bowl Selection Committee. Christian, welcome to the show. Hi, Jen. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so excited to have you with us today. It kind of feels like forever since I was in Dallas and I saw you. It hasn't been that long, but for some reason, it feels like a long time. So I'm glad that we're able to have you on the show and chat some more today. So let's talk about football. I mentioned that you played college football. You currently do a lot of training of athletes. And something that you know about me is in my book, Move the Ball, I talk a lot about how football translates to life and some of the lessons that I've learned that can help people to be successful both on and off the field. So I want to ask you, through your college playing experience, through just being a trainer, what are some of the things that football has taught you to be successful both on the field as well as off? It's just to stay committed. A lot of people jump into things and think that it's going to be easy just to be successful. But through sports, we learn that Commitment is key. Consistency. You got to show up. You got to do the same things every day to stay ahead of the game. That goes with the corporate life. That goes with if you're an entrepreneur, any aspect of life is going to require you to kind of get up and get after it every single day. Like there's no days off. There's even on the weekends, we're still catching ourselves going over notes or thinking about some things that we know we're going to have to handle at work on come Monday and things like that, or emails, stuff like that. So it's an everyday grind. And I like that you talk about how we need to show up every day, because that's something that I talk about on the podcast that we need to suit up, show up and move the ball. And so I think it's so important that we remember that how we show up to each day is important. That commitment, that consistency is key if we want to achieve success in whatever it is we're looking to do. So let's talk about your football journey and how you got into training athletes. So you played college football. Talk to us about your journey from playing college football to where you are today. So football career was cut short due to injuries. And I had a couple foot injuries that kind of stopped me from 
playing at a high level at my younger age, that I just needed surgeries. And then the rehab process, that's a part of the thing I was discussing as well when I'm talking about showing up. Like rehab was probably one of the toughest things I've ever had to do. And I had to go through it twice, like back-to-back times on torn ligaments in my foot and stuff like that. It was just draining. And I felt as a player, it was easier for me to learn the playbook, to kind of teach the playbook, teach other guys how to do something the right way. So that was the first step for me out of injury was like, well, I'm going to still be here for my teammates. How can I help my teammates? And it was me going over plays, teaching them techniques, things like that, that I knew I could do at a high level that would help these guys get better. So then once I moved on to where I was no longer playing sports or around the college football level, my younger brother, I have a younger brother who's now a senior in high school now. We just started just doing ground level stuff, teaching them the game of football, teaching them how to move teaching them different techniques and stuff like that. And then a couple of parents happened to see me at a football field doing that. And then they were like, hey, well, we want you to train our kids. And then it, it just, it kind of went from a hobby to where I was just training to where it turned into a business to where we are today, where we have the opportunity to deal with NFL athletes, collegiate athletes, high school, middle school, youth, like, it all literally happened by accident. Somebody just saw me at a local park training my younger brother. And then it went from there into this. Those are the fun stories because it's it's not necessarily like you had this plan of this is what you were going to do, but things just kind of worked out. The stars kind of aligned opportunities presented themselves. And here you are with flight skills and doing great things, helping a ton of athletes to really take their game to the next level. So let me ask you, Coach Flight, how did you get that name? So the nickname Flight was given to me in high school. I was one of the faster guys in the state of Texas. I could jump higher than a lot of people. So the basketball coach gave it to me first. You know, I've been able to dunk a basketball since I was in eighth grade. So everybody used to always be like, oh, he took flight. And then it just turned into flight. And then it was flight white. You know, white is my last name. So it was flight white. And then as I get older, the kids hear somebody calling me flight. And then it turns into, hey, coach flight. And I was just like, well, that's better than, you know, (laughs) This is my full out name, you know, or Coach Christian or Coach White. So I just stuck with flight. Now the kids get to the point where they call me flight and then their parents call me Coach Flight. I even had a parent one time put it on a check (laughs) by accident. It was like, well, I thought that was your actual name. And I was like, no, it's just a nickname. (laughs) They were like, Flight White. I was like, no, Flight is not my first name by no means. I love that. So how long have you had flight skills and been in the business of training athletes? It's going on eight years. And talk to us about what was that first year like for you? Because that's one of the harder parts is going, no matter what your business is as an entrepreneur. I mean, you mentioned earlier how you kind of just fell into this. And same thing with my story, as you know, I mean, my thought was I was always going to be in the corporate world, didn't think that I was going to be around football, love football, but didn't think it was part of my path and things just kind of happened. But that first year is always the tougher year because you're just starting out, you're figuring out your business, you're trying to grow your brand. So talk to us about what was that first year like for you? The first year definitely was rough. I had to figure out a lot of things about how to go about being a trainer. Like you have to show up every day with an actual game plan. What are we going to do? Here's the warm up. Here's the base of the workout, the conditioning part. But when I first started, I thought it was going to be just kind of like a, hey, let's just show up. And we're going to go over this and we're going to do that. But then, you know, once you realize like, hey, these guys are trusting in you to get them ready for the next level, 
And I did a lot of stuff that I don't even do today. Like before it would be so many cones and ladders and things like that, that I don't really feel are necessary to the game that we play today. Like, I don't think that we need all that kind of stuff in this new style of football. It's mainly going to be technique, the conditioning to be able to play a full four quarters, and it's injury prevention. You got to know how to stretch. You got to know how to warm up. You got to take care of your body in the offseason. That's the main thing. A lot of our successful athletes that we see on TV, they continue to play at a high level for years. It's because of what they do in the offseason with their body. So now I'm making sure I teach these guys, hey, we're going to stretch for 30 minutes. So, you know, the sessions might be a little longer because the stretch is longer. And then we're going to actually teach for the meat of the session. Then we're going to close out and make sure we finish out strong. So I had to learn in that first year kind of like how to formulate all this into a successful piece. And there's a lot, as you mentioned, it's not just about the talent on the field and what you do on the field. There's a lot outside of that that is necessary to be able to ensure your longevity as an athlete. And I feel like so many people that have not been a competitive athlete and just, for example, are the casual football fan, they just think, oh, these athletes show up to the game and they just have it easy. They show up, they play, they make a bunch of money, but there's a lot of work that goes into being an elite athlete outside of just the football season and the off season and what you do nutrition wise, stretching wise, taking care of your body. There's so much more than just playing football. Absolutely. And so let's talk about what are you doing now to really help defensive backs be elite at that position? As you know, to play DB is a very tough position to play in football. So how do you really help DBs to excel? So the game plan that I bring to DBs pretty much is everything that we do is learned from the actual game of football. Every thrill that we bring to these guys is from an in-game situation that we've seen in-game, that we've either done in-game, or that some of these guys have actually gotten a chance to like see other people's mistakes and things like that. I teach worst-case scenario. That's kind of my foundation. We go over how to get out of the situation if we started off wrong how to perfect it the complete right way. And then we go plan A, plan B. So everything is always pre-calculated. Okay, if this guy moves this way, here's my plan. You always come to the line as a defensive back with two plans, two game plans. You can't just come up there thinking, oh, perfectly this is going to happen. Because our position is talked off basically, we're reactionary. The receivers are proactive. So we're, we're reacting off receivers. We got to react off the snap of the ball. If they're running or they're passing, like everything is determined by what the offense does. So we just go over pre-snap movement, during the play, after the play, things like that, that I feel like not many other people do. And it's part of the reason why I feel like that we've had the most success in the offseason and, and our guys turn around and do the things that they do during the fall all the way through until football season ends. Because it's like we're mentally preparing for these games, these situations. There's been so many times where I've, received a text message or a FaceTime call from a guy. And they're like, man, I did this stuff in game that we did over the summer a hundred times. And it just felt so natural. Or, hey, I'm watching a game right now. And these guys just did the same thing that we go over and practice all the time. That's kind of the focus is putting them in real life situations that they'll be prepared for for the game. Sure. Well, they say that you play like you practice, right? How you practice. So having them practice those situations is absolutely key to being able to be successful in game time. And some of the guys that you have trained that are currently playing professional football, Xavier Woods, currently with the Minnesota Vikings, 
Kentrell Montez, now with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the CFL, but played for a number of teams within the NFL. Nate Brooks, also cornerback who was with the Arizona Cardinals. Talk to us a little bit about training guys like them and what makes that fun for you. Well, what makes it fun is these are all good guys. Like I'm not an old guy myself, but it's crazy to me that all these guys are like in their early 20s and they're handed a lot of responsibility at a young age. These guys were coming in to the NFL where they're making an opportunity to make millions. And it's like, how do I go about this? I have to create time to do this. I have to do that. There's marketing deals I have to do, endorsements, photo shoots, autograph signings, like all this stuff that they have to do. And they still find a way to make time to perfect the craft. Xavier Woods is one of the more quiet guys that I've ever been around, but he's about business, like all the time. But when we get together, there's some jokes, there's fun, but there's going to be a lot of work. Same with Nate Brooks. You know, Nate Brooks is a guy that's like started literally from the bottom. You know, in high school, he had one scholarship offer to North Texas, went to North Texas. And before he left there, he was a Thorpe Awards semifinalist. One of their better guys to ever walked the halls there. And it was almost the first defensive back drafted out of North Texas. And it's just things like that, that, that make it fun. These guys really buy in at an early age and they're like, hey, I understand this is important to me. And those guys are some of the best guys because they also come back and they give back to our kids. The pro guys aren't above helping the younger guys. They request sometimes, hey, let us work out with the high school kids. And then I turn around, they're coaching high school kids up. They're coaching college kids up. And those kids look up to those guys and see, hey, these guys work out. So this is why I need to be here every weekend or this many times a week. If these guys are making millions and they're still finding time to do this and I have a whole free summer, I need to go get like those guys. Sure. And that's great that they do that. It's very important to give back and help other people. And that's how you also move the ball by making an impact in other people's lives. So I love that you shared that about them. Now, you also work with a lot of college DBs as well. Talk to us about a couple. I know when when I saw you, we talked about a few that you were excited about during this current college season. So talk to us about a couple of guys that you're really excited about this year. Oh, man, I have a huge college group right now. This is like the heart and soul of flight skills. I'm going to start with Jalen Catalan at Arkansas. We're expecting huge things out of him this year. Hopefully a Thorpe Award. We crack jokes all the time about how he felt like he got robbed last year. So we're going to we're going to hope that we get in there and, and make it to that ceremony in New York. And then Josh Thompson at the University of Texas, another defensive back that's pretty high on a lot of people's radar and big physical corner that can run and really going to surprise some people this year. Jalen Jones, Texas A&M, another guy, tall, 6'2", 6'3", corner that can move. Christian Gonzalez at Colorado. There's just so many. They're going to hate me if I don't say their names, but (laughs) there's so many guys that, that are really on the radar that's doing big things. I have a few guys at SMU that are really talented guys that flew under the radar in high school and got to college and made huge names for themselves. Brandon Crossley, really proud of that guy. We actually went to the same high school and and he used to be a wide receiver and I used to beg him all the time, hey man, you got to come play corner. You got to come play corner. And Brandon was just like, man, I don't know. Because we always have like a running joke that receivers get their name in the newspaper. They get their name in the newspaper. They're the flashy guys, but the defense wins championships. And the defensive guys are like the heart of the team. They go out there and bail the offense out. So that's what we take pride in, doing the dirty work. Put the offense in scoring position, you know, hold the other team's offense to this many points or this many yards. Those college guys, though, they really support each other. That's what's really huge. It's a network. I have a group chat where there's about 20 of those guys in there, and they just crack jokes and send stuff and support each other all throughout the year. 
And every time one of them makes a play before that guy can even tell me, here comes five or six other guys texting me. Hey, man, such and such just made this play. And I'm like, oh, man, that's that's crazy. Like, I'm watching it on TV, but it's just the fact that they're so quick to just end it and be like, man, I'm so happy for that guy. I'm so and, and that's what I like. It's a brotherhood. It's a family. It's more than just, oh, I train with this guy. They look forward to seeing each other succeed every week. I love that. It's all about supporting one another. And even you see that on social media too, like on Instagram, as an example, you always see guys posting about their friends' successes and things that they're doing, which I think is just awesome. And so social media has been a great way for people to get their name out there and for others to see what these great athletes are doing via their friends, their teammates sharing the work too. So I think that's great that you guys have a support text group where you guys are cheering each other on because that's important for any of us, right? No matter what we're doing in life, it's good to have people in our corner for sure. So as we look to close the show, I'm about to take you through my two minute drill. But the last thing I want to ask you is what advice would you give for DBs who are looking to take their game to the next level? You really got to buy into this, like being an elite level athlete or even being a college athlete. Like if you're a high school kid, you have to understand that once you make that leap to college, this is no longer just for fun. I'm not saying don't have fun. You're going to have fun, but you're going to have fun through success. It's not fun when you're on a losing team or you're not getting the opportunities you feel like you should have. So the main thing is give yourself all the opportunity to actually get better. Even if it's, I don't want to go work with the trainer, it's going to be, hey, I'm going to go run this extra, you know, before practice, I'm going to run this, or after practice, I'm going to do this. Like, always take that extra step to try to get better because you never know when this game can be taken away from you. You know, like with me, I wouldn't have known I went from elite level, fast guy that can jump really high to where it was like, oh, man, like, we don't recommend you even play next year because you need to let your foot heal up. And then I do that, and then I come back, and it's like, oh, it happens again. Well, we don't recommend that you even play anymore, period, because we don't think that your feet can withhold that beating anymore. So from there, I had to figure out life after football really quick. Take every moment for what it is and just keep striving to be the best you can be. Do whatever you can within your power to actually take yourself to that level. Great advice. So now, are you ready to go through my two-minute drill? Let's get it. All right. First question is, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old? I was obsessed with dinosaurs. So I was going with the paleontologist. I used to go outside and try to dig up fossils and stuff. Could never find any, of course, but just the idea that they were out there was just so fascinating to me as a kid. Interesting. Okay. I did not see you saying that answer. Very, (laughs) very cool. Next question is, who would play you in a movie about your life? I would go with Michael B. Jordan. It had to be Michael B. Jordan. It's a great choice. Yes. Next question is, what is your favorite vacation spot? So far, my last trip to Mexico was so great that I'm going to try to go back. Cancun and Cabo right now are like the two that are like tied for me. Just the experience, the food, everything out there was so great have to go back. If you haven't been, I recommend you you make at least one trip to Mexico and try to coach. I have not been to either. I've traveled a lot, but never to Mexico. So I'll put it on my list. Next question is, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, that is a good one. Bluebell has a flavor called Millennium Crunch that has caramel, chocolate. I think it's a, a walnut 
but it's vanilla ice cream, but it has all this different stuff in there. I am obsessed with Millennium Crunch. Oh, sounds delicious. That's my go-to. And it's like moo like the cow at the beginning. <laughs> so it's Millennium Crunch. I'll have to check it out. Next question is, what is a pet peeve of yours? I don't like people who bring their bad days into work or just anywhere around me, period. <laughs> like I'm, I'm one of those, if you're having a bad day, when you walk into an environment, it needs to go out the window because nobody in here has contributed to that bad day. Like I'm a big positivity person, so I want to spread it. Even if I'm having a rough day before I go into work, when I get there, those are my guys. You know, when, when I leave work and I go to training, when I get there, those are my guys. Like I'm not going to bring that energy from one spot to another spot and try to spread that. I want to keep everybody uplifted as positive as possible because that makes the day go by faster. It makes it go by faster. And it's funner that way. You know, life is meant to be happy. Absolutely. Yes. And you are a positive kind of guy. So I like that you vibe that way. Next question is what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? So book I was reading, it's a coach out here by the name of Cody Alexander. Shout out to my guy. Wrote a book about the art of defense. You know, I'm a defensive guy. So I run a 707 program out here called Texas Flex. You know, we're pretty good. Not going to brag too much on my guys and really just learning different ways to run defense. And it's a lot of examples in there. Any coaches that are listening, I recommend you take a look at it. It's called Match Quarters, Art of Defense. Very detailed on the quarters based defense, on split field coverage and alignment and things like that. And I'm obsessed with like, I love the concept of being able to run two different defenses at the same time, depending on what the offense is doing. So it, it's pretty good stuff. That's kind of my typical read. If, if I'm not reading that, I'm listening to fantasy football podcasts. I love listening to Matthew Berry and those guys in the morning. They're pretty funny, pretty entertaining. Cool. And my last question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? I would choose Muhammad Ali first, Will Ferrell, and that third person would have to be Probably Kobe Bryant would be my third. Why those three? Reason being for Muhammad Ali, because he lived the way he wanted to live. He didn't let anybody else tell him what to do or how he should go about his business and still found a way to be successful through everything that that time period in life that he was living in where things were a little bit different than it is now and was still able to be a legend to where everybody loved him, regardless of race, regardless of religion and things like that. People loved him for who he was. They tuned in to watch him fight all the time. And he just kept it all the way, the way he wanted to. Will Ferrell, because he's just flat out hilarious to me. Like, I have no other explanation for Will Ferrell, but that Will is like, I feel like he can brighten up any room. Just pure comedy. You know, he's done it all. He's done all the different comical roles you can do in movies and stuff like that. That, that I think is all around hilarious. And then Kobe Bryant, because of his work ethic. I've watched documentaries on Kobe Bryant. Kobe literally took the game of basketball as life, still made time for his family. But that literally was what he was about. He was about being an entertainer on the court, a winner. His work ethic rubbed off on everybody else around him. And he was a big family guy, took care of his family, supported his daughters. I have a seven-year-old son of my own that wants to play sports and wants to go on and do big things. So I'm right there behind him, pushing him and supporting him. And it was unfortunate how things went with him. But that guy kind of set the tone for a lot of athletes to where 
to this day, we're still referring to like, man, well, the Mamba mentality, things that he did, things, how he looked at the game, how he played the game. And that goes with all those guys in every sport that's like, man, look, Kobe Bryant motivated me to do this. So I just wanted to kind of hear from him what exactly it is that fueled you to be like that. What, what was the motivation? What was the goals? Why were you working as hard as you were working? And then I think every athlete needs to know. Sure. Three great reasons why you picked those three people. So it sounds like that would be a great dinner party for sure. So Christian, as we close the show, let people know, how can they follow you on your journey? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Flight Skills with the Z. It's going to be F-L-I-G-H-T-S-K-I-L-L-Z. Go follow on both. I post drills all the time. Share my insights on recruiting, seven-on-seven, football techniques, everything like that. Perfect. And we'll be sure to have those and your website in the show notes so people can connect with you, can follow you, can learn from you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It has been a true pleasure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. For sure. Glad to have you on. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's episode. If you liked our show, please share it with someone else who you think would find the show to be of value. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And while you're there, leave us a review too. All right. Well, thank you all again for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.